RadioInfluence.com. All righty, guys, what's happening? Man, it has been a busy, busy week since I talked to you last. I've been doing a lot of traveling. Once again, I went to the Super Bowl in Phoenix. I went to the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. I went to a family function vacation in Denver, Colorado. And now I just got back from Phoenix again at the NFL annual meetings, the old NFL owners meetings. And it's all been a blast. It's been a whirlwind. Very, very fortunate. But man, oh man, everybody is spending and flying in the airports and airlines are packed. Packed to the gills. Doesn't matter. Inflation doesn't matter. People are spending. But anyway, I got plenty of stories on the back end, behind the scenes on that. But let me welcome in my guest on the Rock Stops here. It is very, this is a big get. It's very, very, very rare. He hardly ever speaks in public. He is the owner and co-chairman of the NFL Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is now, I believe, in his, is it possible, 28th season? I remember when the whole thing happened. I can't believe it's that long. Also, uh, the owner, man, you, but we focused on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Some on the Bucs, but also on Joe Glazier. What is he really like? He rarely ever, ever speaks in public, but he sat down with me. Very, very appreciative. It was a beautiful day at the Arizona Biltmore Hotel and Resort. And we just started BSing, and here we go. So if you want to know a little bit more about what is it like to be an NFL owner, what has he learned, which Super Bowl meant more to him, what was Brady really like, what was that experience like, and more. Here he is. Enjoy. Bucks owner, Joel Glazier. All right, I am with Joel Glazier. Joel Glazier with two Super Bowl rings. Does three sound better, Joel? Three's always better than two. There's no question. The best Super Bowl victory is always your next one. Seriously, which one? Was there one? Was there one that was better? Was there one? That, you know, was it the first one? Your first one? This one? The boat parade? What do you think? In their own way, they were both special because the first one was the first one, but the second one you really appreciate it because you start appreciating over time how hard it is and, and what the mountain is to climb to get there. And then as years go by, you wonder if you're going to, you always have confidence, but it's elusive. So I, they, they were unique in their own way because a lot of times people win them back to back or two out of three years or three out of four. So it's, it's one period of time and done. But to do it in really two completely different times uh, creates a completely different appreciation in each situation. And especially that year, you bring in the GOAT, you have COVID where there was no really preseason. And to, to accomplish that, it was also, it was almost like mind blowing. <laughs> it was, as I re always reflect on that year, it was an unbelievable year. I just, so, everything that happened, starting with COVID and then Tom, and Tom Brady, and then the, what was happening during the season, no fans and the, and the adversity and, and trying to meld a bunch of new things together. But uh, it was a magical year. It was a magical year and uh, one that I know all Buccaneer fans will never forget. I'll never forget. And it, what it does though ultimately is it always wants you wanting to do it again. I want to get to right now, but 
What was Tom Brady like? We know what he is, the greatest of all time on the field. But what about you? You were around him for a couple of years now. What was he like away from the field? Well, that's the part that I would say you always saw it. Everyone could see Tom Brady on the field throughout his whole career. What I never was able to see or know was Tom Brady off the field. And what he is on the field, he's just as remarkable or was just as, is just as remarkable off the field. I mean, as a person, just an unbelievable person, um, the way he would always carry himself, the way he would interact with everybody, how he dealt with people, he was really he was unbelievable, unbelievable person. And uh, it was a, a real honor to, to have him on our team for three years. Now for you, the family, the ownership group, how badly is that drive to win another one to win a lot of people oh they're retooling no they're not retooling they're rebuilding they had the salary cap how much do you want to win another one? Oh, you, you always i mean I, nothing more you know winning two is great winning three is greater it's special so the drive and desire is unbelievable but along with that there's a certain amount of patience that's required and you always want to, your goal every year is to win the Super Bowl, but you just got to go about it a certain way and and certain things have to fall your way. But the drive and desire, I can tell you within our building is, uh, is not diminished one bit. What do you think you have learned after all of these years owning the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFL, Joel? Well, every year is a, a learning experience. Every year, there you know, there's years that are very humbling, and um, that, I think that's the one thing you learn after all these years is that you have 32 franchises. It's a highly competitive sport. It's set up with the draft and free agency to make sure that it's hard for anybody to dominate, and just how hard it is to win a championship and how competitive it is. So. It's, it, that's why it's such a great feeling because you know as years go on how, how very hard it is and how special it is in this sport. We never know behind the scenes. We don't know how much you may meddle. You're the owner. We don't know. Are you big on delegating and letting the people that you hire, i.e. the GM, the head coach, do their job, Joel? Yeah, that's, uh, we, we believe in that. Now, do we ask questions? Of course we ask questions. And we, we, we want to make sure that uh, you give advice. You know, sometimes they'll seek our counsel for just being around this league for so long. But for the most part, it's give them the, all the tools they need, be supportive, let everyone do their jobs. And listen, Jason Light's won a Super Bowl championship. So he's, he's uh, you feel comfortable leaving things to him to, to do to do his job and, and Todd Bowles. Now, off the field, you cannot control wins or losses. You can control the fan experience. I believe it's something out of nine out of 11, you guys have been voted with the best fan experience. Is that something that starts with you? Yeah, that's a huge emphasis uh, for my family. And the fan experience, like you said, you cannot control what happens week in and week out on the field but we can control what we can tr control and our fans are so important to us they uh we have fantastic fans and we want when they come to our stadium or or and do interact with the buccaneers that it's 
it is the absolute best possible experience and it should be there's there's no excuse if it's not if it's not it's our own fault so that is a huge emphasis um within our organization from top down and uh and i'm, pr I'm very proud we're very proud of of how uh, we've been voted every year i think is it 10 out of 11 9 out of 11, nine out of 11? okay 9 out of 11 one year was a decimal point difference in the results. Oh, so, you know the stats. You know the stats that well. so, so yes. So, but we're very proud. Raymond James Stadium. You continue to upgrade that. Uh, is the are you still fighting for big events? I.e., I know you had the College National Football Championship, the Super Bowl. Will that continue? Are you going to continue to upgrade Ray J? Yeah, it, part of the. Fan experience. The key to a fan experience is the, the stadium. And so, you know, six years ago we uh, did a major renovation, and we're constantly looking at things to do to make sure it stays fresh and updated and, and competitive to other uh, stadiums around the league. And like we're saying, we're always having uh, events other than the Buccaneer events at the stadium, which is important for the community. We've got Taylor Swift coming up three nights in Tampa. You got daughters, my daughter. Oh my God, the tickets. <laughs> did you have the hookup? Are your daughters going or no? I know you're in Maryland, but I, I've never seen a ticket like that. I've, I've never, I've never seen it. You know, it's it's an unbelievable. Uh, demand for that ticket so uh, looking forward to that concert my last one I asked all, everybody that comes on here what advice do you have I, I interviewed those that have made it to the top here you are ownership for so many years at the NFL two Super Bowls what is the best piece of advice you can give someone young to be successful Joel it's, it's hard work it's hard work and, and uh, the people you work with have to be good people hardworking people, uh, de dedicated to every, everything they're doing. And so when you have a, work with a good team, uh, generally success comes. And we're fortunate to have a great organization of people that all work hard, um, care deeply about the Buccaneers. And if you have that and everybody works hard and in the same direction, success will come. Thank you very much, Joel. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, thank you. Thanks, Joe. I, I really appreciate that because he never, he never speaks in public or on microphone. The Glaciers, they just don't. They are behind the scenes. But, that, you know, it was interesting. Well, a couple of things I took from that. Number one, they delegate. They let the head coach, they let your general manager, coach, and GM. But he also is like, we ask questions. You know, they hold them accountable. You know, there's always a little bit more to behind the scenes than what meets the eye, but we don't know because we never hear from him. Like Jerry Jones, he does a press conference after every single Cowboys game. They talk to him. Some like that, some don't. People in the media like that, but some in the Cowboys organization, like, yeah, I wish he wasn't always speaking after every game. Um, but that's the way the Glaciers, they like to do it. They like to do it behind the scenes. But he's always smiled, always been pretty good to me, and I really appreciate that. Uh, what was Tom Brady like? He, what he found is Brady likes to joke. Brady was a regular guy. He found that more impressive than what he actually did. He was able to do on the field. We all know Brady is the greatest of all time. Seven Super Bowl rings coming to Tampa Bay in a COVID year. No practices, doing it on their own. He organized everything at the high school. Remember that? And to get it done with a new offense, new players, new place after being in New England for so long, incredible, 
incredible. But it was more behind the scenes of what Brady was like. Brady was very well liked. So that was interesting. And, uh, you know, and I always ask the advice, hard work. That was his, hard work. You don't get to where they are owning an NFL team, owning a team in the Premier League, successful businesses. The other thing that I took out of that, and I was telling this to somebody else, I said, what did you learn, Joel? You heard it. He said that the league is so competitive. It is so competitive. Think of all that they're doing with their training staff, with their dietitian, with their analytics, with their uh, strength and conditioning, with their scouting department, with everything, trying to get the get a leg up on everybody. So is everybody else in the NFL. And these are all the best players in the world. You're at the top of the heap, and everybody is trying to get that Super Bowl ring. Everybody's trying to have that parade at the end of the year. And that's that's his that's what he said. He looked me right in the eyes, like how competitive, how hard it is in this league. And none of them would trade it. So we were waiting for this. What happened was I put in the request to Nelson, who is the PR director. I've known Nelson a long time. Really above board, does a great job. And I told him I was going out to Phoenix. I'd be at the meeting. Keep me in the loop for anything that you can. He's like, okay, great. Waited a while to get back to me. And then he then he texted me when I was there. And he was like, Todd Bowles is going to speak with all the NFC coaches tomorrow morning. I think I'll be able to get you a, an interview with him. Jason Light, he's got a meeting afternoon. I think we'll be able to do something with Jason Light. All of these things came true. They all came through. So they're all rock stops here, podcast guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, and not sure about Joel. Okay. And then it was either early that last day, and it was like Joel has agreed to talk with you. And uh, and, and uh, Joe Buck's fan. We were the only two media outlets out of Tampa Bay that flew out there and made the, made the effort and... Uh, so he was gonna he was gonna talk with us, and it was great. And it was like okay, the last meeting of the day, with the NFL owners meetings. They call it. It's only one, one. It's the top owner of each of each team, and they meet with Goodell, and it's gonna be four o'clock. Four. It'll be done like maybe four fifteen to four forty five or three thirty. I think it was. Meet here, and Nelson was leaving with the Tampa Bay crew to go back on a flight. So Brian Ford, I want to thank him. He's facilitated this. Brian Ford, who is the COO of the Buck CEO, COO. And so then I got a text from Brian Ford. Test, Brian Ford. For, I'm like, gotcha. 415, lobby. Uh, got it, gotcha. So I was like, great, going to sit down with Joel Glazier. Oh, man, this made it all possible because I was really tired going in I tell you what I did I emceed a tremendous event with some great the best Tampa Bay rock bands jazz one uh, Celtic fusion just killer and uh, for a really great cause and I did that the whole like six seven hours eight hours the day before had an early flight flew all night blah 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 but anyway it was a long, it was two, three days of just exhaustion. And when I got that word that like, oh, Joel's going to do it. I was like, yes, 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 yes. So I'm waiting around, waiting around to the, for that time. Now we're getting towards the end of the day. I go to the lobby and we're getting close. We're getting close to four o'clock, 410. 
and you never know when these meetings are going to end. What if it ends early? You don't want to be like, oh, where's Rock? They're not going to wait around. He's a billionaire. So I was like, and, Joel, and, and so Brian Ford gives me a text. I'm in the lobby. Where are you? And then he calls me. I said, where are you? He's like, are you in the hotel lobby? Yes. No. Come over here to where the other one, the other lobby. Oh, where the owners be? Oh, okay. Boom. I'm on my way. Boom. Sprinted over there. Boom. Got there plenty of time. They have the rope, the velvet rope up. And you see a couple of TV cameras that are there, a couple of TV reporters. They're waiting to talk to their NFL owners from their perspective cities. And the credential that I had got me anywhere I wanted to go around the grounds of the Arizona Biltmore, but it didn't get me on the other side of that velvet rope to where the owners are going to come out. So they got to come over to the rope. And Brian looked and he checked and he said, oh, that room that they're going to use once it, once it adjourns, there's nobody in there. I'll be quiet. We'll go in there. I said, Brian, my credential doesn't get me in there. He goes, you know what? You're coming with me, and you're also coming with Joel. He's an NFL. He's one of the NFL owners. You'll be able to get through. I said, okay. So we were waiting. We waited. We waited. We were chatting. We are BSing, me and Brian, Brian and I, another guy from CBS Sports HQ. He was actually out of Boston. He was a good dude. Talked to somebody else. We're just kind of hanging, hanging, hanging. Boom, door opens. Here comes Jerry Jones. Here comes... Uh, another NFL owner. Uh, here comes another one. Here comes Woody from the New York Jets. Here come, and I'm waiting. And Brian shoots in to go see Joel. And my, well, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get on the other side of the velvet rope. And I'm like, oh, oh I'm trying to. And the security, no, 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 no. And so I take a step. Now here comes Joel walking out with Brian. I take a step. Security's like, hold on. You're not here. I'm like, I'm with an NFL owner, man. I'm with the NFL owner. And he's like, bah, bah, bah. And Joel comes over. He goes, let's go outside. It's so nice out. I said, beautiful. So we start walking out. And I'll give you a little funny story. My brother-in-law works in the NFL on Park Avenue in New York. And, all, and he's also out of L.A. They have a beautiful office and facility right next to the stadium where the Rams play. So It's so far, right? And, uh, but anyway, and so Joel Glazier, he was telling me, Andy, is my, my brother-in-law's name is Andy, and he's great. He works in marketing, very, very high up. His office is right across from Roger Goodell's in, in Park Avenue in New York. And so Andy was telling me, he goes, you know what? You want an icebreaker? Tell him that you know your brother-in-law lives in Gaithersburg, Maryland, which is like a town over. I think they're Potomac is where Joel is. And uh, I said, all right. And I really didn't need it because Joel. So Joel goes, how you doing? When would you get in? And yeah, I flew in here. And I said, Joel, you live in my brother. My brother-in-law works in the NFL. And he's just like, oh. And I mean, he's, he just was with the top owners and Goodell himself. And I said, yeah, he lives in Maryland. You have twins, right? Daughters. And he's like, yes. I said, my brother-in-law, he's got a daughter around your daughter's age, maybe a year younger. And he, he's like, well, they're names. And I said, they're names. Da, 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 yeah. And it's so funny because my brother-in-law's daughter said, don't mention my name. I know of his daughters i don't really know them that well my friend does but anyway it was a small it was a, it's a small world 
and I kind of like, you know, kind of as casual, you know, it's just shooting the shit, just shooting the shit. And we sat down, we let Ira go first. Ira was on the phone. Uh, the Joe from Joe Bucks fan, his flight, he has flight was already scheduled. He didn't know it was going to be this late in the afternoon. So he headed out. And so he agreed to do Joe Bucks fan and myself and Ira Kaufman uh, is the pro football hall of fame reporter, writer. And so he had a bunch of questions that he was going to do. And Brian had said to me, he goes, do you want to go? How long are you going to be? I said, five, five, ten minutes, you know. And what about, uh, he goes, Ira's like five minutes. And all right, well, you should start going, and then I roll a call. One of was running late. So he, I said, you know what? He goes, can you do them together? Uh, no, do it at the same time. I'm like, well, it's going to cut into my, 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 my recording here. I want a straight interview with Joel. And I say, I tell you what, let's sage. Let Ira go first. Let Ira go first. All right. And so we did. And, and Joel likes Ira. Asked him how his wife was doing. He was on speaker. He asked all of his questions. But he was funny. He's like, Joe, five more from me. He already went about eight to nine to ten questions. And then they were like, no, Joe, Ira. He, Ira got in another one. And then Brian said, okay, Ira, thank you. Thank you. All right, now, now it's Rock's turn. And he goes, okay, thank you. And he goes, okay, thank you. And then I sat down with Joe. And well, there you go. There you go. So it was great. It was great. Thank you very much, Joel. I appreciate that because I know how often you speak or how not, what's the word for synonym for not often? <laughs> Rarely. <laughs> there you go. The Arizona Biltmore. Oh, my God. I have been to the Sand Pearl on Clearwater Beach. I have been to some of those Beverly Hill, the Beverly Hills Hotel, some of the finest hotels in the United States. The Breakers, Palm Beach. Beautiful. Uh, this Arizona Biltmore, where this took place, was the nicest that I have ever been at. It is incredible. Frank Lloyd Wright architecture. They sunk a lot of money back into this place. The upkeep, the grounds, the flowers, the cactus, the, the fake grass. They had a lot of fake grass there that looks amazing. Because they don't, irrigation, they don't get a lot of rain. Uh... The way the, the rooms were made, like you have your own patios. Oh, my God. Just in freaking credible. So one of the days I just took a walk, took a walk around the grounds. And there was another group other than the NFL that was having something going on. You should see their gift bags and swag outside. Uh, some It's not, not only older, old money. There were young families that were using the pools and they have so many pools, long pools. Just gorgeous. There's the mountain in the background, Camelback. It's just incredible. No bugs, no humidity, blue skies, gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. In the evening, the temperature drops. You might need a long shirt. Just, un just unbelievable. What an experience. Now, I wasn't staying at the Arizona Biltmore. I was 15 minutes away, a lift ride, <laughs> and it was fine, different part of town, <laughs> it was fine, it was fine, I was back and forth, everything worked out great, and it was really, really, really a cool experience, I did go by this fitness center, I'd heard about the fitness center a lot, one of the reporters from a national network, I overheard him talking, he admitted 
because he had covered the NFL owners' meetings and he had been in there before. When a lot of the NFL teams play against the Arizona Cardinals, they will stay at the Arizona Biltmore at Camelback because it is the best of the best. It's one. It's the favorite on the tour on the stops to all the away games. And he was saying, I overheard him. He says, "Oh yeah, I use the fitness center even though I don't stay here." I'm like. I'm not going to chance that. Can you imagine? Because you're supposed to have your card, your key card to get in. You know, you're not staying there in a room. I'm like, I walked over by this place. I looked in. It is like the best. It's better than any LA fitness. It's better than any. Oh, my God. Just everything there was first, 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 first class. Just unbelievable. Uh, I really appreciated Jason. He was the same thing. He came out of a meeting. He goes, let's go outside. It's too nice to be in. So we sat out by a waterfall. And hopefully it didn't pick up too badly. I listened to it a little bit. It's it's still, it's good. But we had a waterfall and we sat out there. I did that for an upcoming podcast. And then Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is so unlike Bruce Arians. They're brothers. Bruce Arians gave up his job so that Todd could get it. He like he that meant more to him than anything. Todd Bowles has always said, "I don't drink, I don't smoke, but yet we're so close." That 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 party that they threw the night before with the open bar, the most delicious food, the food stations, just a gorgeous night. I don't think Todd didn't even go to the party. The next morning. Nelson had said, okay, make sure you're in the lobby like around 7 o'clock because Todd Bowles is an early riser. He doesn't stay up late, doesn't party. I was at, and remember, I'm not staying on property. I got to use a Lyft or an Uber. And I've never, I didn't even know. Like, I was making sure, will there somebody still be on the roads at like 6.15 in the morning? No problem. I had no problem. There's always drivers. I got up so early. I was up in the 5 o'clock hour got up, showered, and I was going to maybe come back. It was going to be a long day. Maybe I don't have to check out till noon, get a one o'clock checkout. But nah, I got to get all my gear. Now, nah, you know what? I'm getting up. It's five. I'm taking my shower, getting everything. Boom. Get everything downstairs. Go downstairs. Six o'clock. Supposed to be free breakfast. I'm like, there's nobody here. I go over to the desk. What time's the free breakfast? 630. Damn. I'm going to be on my way. Now, I missed the free breakfast at the Arizona Biltmore the first day because that's the day that I flew in. I didn't know if they were going to have breakfast the second day. And once you go into these resorts, you're in. There's a long entrance to get in there. Da-da-da, da-da-da. I did walk before I was going on my uh, night flight, my uh, red eye, and I walked out with my Karen Mall, my bag, my, my, soup, my bag, like a, like a, a scrub. <laughs> but anyway, there was Todd Bowles. He was sitting on a couch. It was like 6.45 in the morning. Nobody else in the lobby. And he was sitting on a couch talking to a friend of his that he must have known in the NFL a long time, another gentleman. And they were having a good talk. And I went over. I said, hi, Todd. He said, hey. I said, listen, um, I talked. Is Nelson coming down? Nelson will be down. Okay, okay. He said, I'd be able to get you by myself. So I just wanted to let you know. He goes, he'll be down. I said, okay, great, great, great. So I sat over there for another 15, 20 minutes. And then Nelson came. And then he facilitated that. We got it done. And it was just great. So that's another upcoming Rock Stops Here podcast. Um, what I noticed is 
the NFL fraternity, everybody knows everybody. I guess it's just like your line of work. You really know who, who's who. And it's not as big as you would think. Like the national media, everybody knows everybody. I mean, really close. The ones from ESPN, NFL Network, CBS, Fox Sports, the stations. There was KOA Denver. There was a Houston station, Raiders station, uh, the Jets team, their digital team, and Eric, their guy, because I'm from that area. Uh, it's all the same people. You see them at the NFL Combine. You see them at the NFL. You see them at the Super Bowl, Radio Row, Media Row. Everybody knows everybody. So... My wife keeps saying, enough of schmoozing. Let me get you a job. But anyway, she's always on me. That's what a, that's what a wife does, right? Um, <laughs> so just all in all, a good time. Good, 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 good time. So then it was, and then, but again, everybody is spending money in this country. I have been traveling now the last couple of weeks. I flew to Phoenix for the Super Bowl. I was there four or five days. I flew to Indy for the NFL Combine. I was there three or four days. I flew to Denver, Colorado for a big family function. I was there five days. And I just got back. I flew to Phoenix. I was there three days, two days, three days. And every flight I'm on is filled to capacity. You know, make sure there's not enough room for your carry-on, the big luggage stored underneath, or, about you know, your carry-on underneath, on top. You know, if you give up your flight, you know, you can get a voucher or whatever. Every single... I thought, I, thought I thought the pandemic hurt people's wallets. I thought people lost their jobs and lost income. People are spending. I think it's because of that pandemic. They don't give a fuck. It's, un, it's unreal. It's unreal. I flew from, uh, I had to take a red eye. I don't know about you. Some people say they can do the red eye. I don't like red eyes. I'm exhausted. And I could not really sleep. I must have dozed. I walked for a couple of miles out of that Arizona Biltmore that evening when I was, because I had time to kill. I'm not going to just sit there and let me walk. So I, I But I'm carrying all my, my, my clothes, my gear, and all that, and I walked for miles, and I walked, and I came upon a um, a mall, and they had a Zinn burger, and I'm like, perfect, burger and fries, perfect, and I did that, and I had to kind of wait and wait, and then I finally headed to the airport. We were supposed to board at 10.50, little delay, didn't be, be, board till 11.20 p.m., straight to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 6 six thirty, get on another flight 7 30 get or 8 8 8 30 to tampa and get back to tampa around 9 30 that's a long haul and i went into this trip tired with only a couple hours sleep um i'm not complaining but it's just phoenix airport crowded as hell 11 o'clock at 11 o'clock at night my recollection of airports usually at 11 o'clock at night on a weeknight not not so crowded. And again, flight's full. I'm hearing flight to Denver, flight to Chicago, full. This is a full flight. At night, red eyes. I mean, late night flights, full, 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 full. 
We get to Fort Lauderdale Airport. It's now Wednesday morning, 6.30. Packed to the gills on a weekday. I had I sat on the floor. I sat on my bag and just sat there. And I'm like, holy crap. But then I got the text or email. I got season credentials to cover the Rays. And I was like, yes, because last year was game to game. You got to keep applying. It's kind of a pain. Go through your boss. So I was like, yes, 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 yes. And then I saw a mother and a father. I think they were mother and a father. And they had a group of about 30 kids. And these were elementary school kids. These kids were about seven, eight years old, nine years old, if that. And they were taking a bunch of them, just two parents, uh, two people. And I was like, as tired as I was, I'm by myself. It's easy to travel. It's easy to do anything by yourself. It's so easy. You do whatever you want. And I was like, look at them. Unbelievable. So anyway, all in all, and finally, and then got back and got back here. And again, we're staying at my in-laws. We're very, very thankful. It's so hard to find a new, new house. We sold our house. The inventory is so low. You gotta, you gotta lower your expectations. We're already way doing that, so we'll see how things are gonna roll out. But anyway, there you go. And then it was right back into things, you know, back in it. Very, very fortunate. But prior to going into that flight to Phoenix, I was so honored to ask to MC. I did it last year. It's called Hearts and Hope. It's a benefit. All day music benefit and these bands and solo acts offer up their services in order to do this gig. And it's for our seniors. It, it might be providing lawyers, providing, you know, transportation, providing moving companies, a company that will work with moving companies. A lot of things that seniors on fixed incomes are you know aren't don't have the wherewithal so it's a really good cause sherry gruden is the woman that organizes it she's a sweetheart her husband was an up-and-coming star out of tampa they were a rock group he was everybody tells me he was just so talented and they had a big time music promoter uh record company that was Oh, sign on the dotted line and he died unexpectedly secret service was the name of the band years and years and years ago and she was a widow she was a widow and of course the kids have grown now there's grandkids and she asked me to do it through a guy named tom perry who was in a band push button rocket it was in secret service and i said sure and i was so honored last year to do it the vibe is so good. Have you ever been, if you haven't, I hope you get a chance to be in, this was at Bayborough Brewing in St. Pete, big room, inside and outside. The solo acts that would sing uh, were outside, and then the bands were inside. And I emceed. I was back and forth on my feet, both from like 11 a.m. until 6 p.m. Last year, the NFL owners meetings was the next day. But that was in Palm Beach. So I was driving from St. Pete down to Palm Beach, West Palm. I stayed. I think I stayed in West Palm. And I drove all through the night and I was on a high, man, just on a high because the bands and the acts were so good. There's so much talent 
in the Tampa Bay area. And there's so much talent probably where you live. But not everybody makes the big living, you know. And they all know each other. They all pull for one another. Those in the audience, that's their thing. The music, they love hearing rock bands and just... and. I just, it was perfect for me, man. And I was just so high last year on that. And I got in my car and I drove and I was driving all the way across the state and down. And more than halfway through, I'm finally like, all right, I'm just going to park. I'm going to stay here. And it was like a Hampton Inn. I, I didn't, you know, I, I pulled in, boom. And there was an Applebee's. I said, maybe I'll get something to drink and eat right there, walking right there next to this, some little town in the middle of the state. And I went in there and it was the most entertaining night I had till closing. There was some locals. There was two or three construction workers that were doing or they were they were road workers. They were doing road work and they were, you know, stationed right there. There was a guy there that was trying to pick up this lady and just the conversation at the Applebee's, at an Applebee's. I ended up drinking way more beers than I thought. And it was just so entertaining for me. And here and there, they live in the middle of the state, totally different from where I'm at. And just seeing that. And then when the one guy left, he was on business and they were busting the girl so bad. He was trying to pick you up and this and that. And I was just sitting there and just, it was so entertaining. But the thing was, I had to get up the next morning and I was kind of like, poof. Oh, I'm kind of hung over. And I, had a, I kept on driving. And I thought, oh, I thought I drove like almost there. No, I still had like three hours to go. And then I got right to the NFL annual owners meetings. And then boom, and you get a credential. And then boom, you're going to start getting the interviews, start cranking it. So it was a long day. And here I did this one on a Sunday all day. I had one beer. I waited till the end. I If I'm emceeing something. I'm doing something on air. I don't like to have a beer, even if it's one beer, because one beer is going to taste like two. And I don't want to start getting a buzz when I'm in front of a lot of people. I, I can't. I know I don't do that. I, I can't enjoy that. You don't look good. You look sloppy. Yeah. So I just drank water all day for like six hours. Introducing these bands. They were incredible. The the hazies. Brother Brownlow, Stormbringer, uh, this Celtic fusion band, House of Argyle from Scotland, was amazing. Gumby Ortiz, oh my God, I remember him from years and years ago. The drummer was at the Al Dimiola band, Ken Carmen Project. They were so talented. It was almost emotional, man. I went up to him again. I'm not kidding you. Just to see talented, talented people doing their thing. They all probably have to have day jobs and it's coming together for a cause. The, the, the fans that were there, it just put me on a high. It really did. And I came back home here to my in-laws and I started boom, boom, and I was tired and I put my clothes out there, made sure I had my, my Zoom, my, my, my recorder, my microphones for the trip to Arizona and boom. And then... I couldn't, I started to sleep, I was tired, and I knew I had to get up really early, 6 o'clock flight, you start boarding at 5, 
and I just, it was like 3.45, I said, the hell with it, I'm getting up. I don't want to wake anybody up, dog, my in-laws, my daughter, she's got school, so we, I went into the garage, and I, I started taking stuff out, you know, and I, I, I want to travel really light, because I'm going to be lugging this over my shoulder, and I'm going to probably be walking, and you know, I got to go right, I don't have time to go to my Hotel, I got to go right to the NFL owners meetings. Get your credential. Anytime you go to these events, the number one thing is get your credential. Make sure you get your credential. You can't do squat without your credential. And I get my credential. Once you get your credential, boom, everything is good. And then you start getting the lay of the land, seeing how they set up for ESPN, Schefter, Jeff Darlington, Diana Rossini, Dan Graziano. Then you go over here to CBS Sports, Pete Prisco and the gang, the Sirius XM, Moving the Chains. You see their show. And then you see NFL Network with the big tent, and they got a lot of people, their show. And when I first got there and I put my stuff down, I'm looking, and it's outside the grounds, and I see a gaggle of reporters around me. What's going on here? Robert Kraft. Oh, Robert Kraft's going to talk? Wonderful. And I jumped in on that. I was talking to the guy from the Patriots for a long time. We became buddies. And it was just interesting. Like, what, 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 what's the deal with Belichick? You know, is he? And there was a reporter, Ian Rapp. I think it was Ian Rappaport. No, no, no. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't him. Another one. Asked Robert Kraft, are you as confident with Bill Belichick as you were five years ago? And I was like, that's a really good question. And, of course, he said, Bill has done everything for us. Look at all he's won. Of course, I have confidence in Bill, da-da-da-da. Then about Mac Jones. He's a Mac Jones fan. But I don't meddle. I let, you know, I let the coach, Bill Belichick, that's his decision. So the whole thing was interesting. When they do the coaches on in the mornings, they have roundtables. And it's very informal. You go in when you're media. And they have a sign, a sign on this on the table, and it'll say Todd Bowles, Mike McCarthy, um, Brian Dable, you know Sean McVay, you know, and they'll do all. They do the AFC one morning, they do the NFC, excuse me, the next morning, and you can go from table to table. You can sit down. You just sit down. You just start firing questions. You can record it. And it's, it's kind of like a relaxed setting, but a lot around the table. It's really, really neat. It's not, I like that better because I think the coaches, and it's, it's only a handful. There, now, there are some that have a big, 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 big uh, media contingency that's there. But it's not overpowering. And when, sometimes when they're up on a podium on a microphone and all the reporters are sitting down in an audience, it's not as intimate. But when you're just at a round table and you're just kind of hanging, it's kind of neat. And what I, what I, what I, so I was listening in to all of them, I especially listened into the NFC, Dennis Allen, Saints, Frank Reich, Carolina, uh, Arthur Smith, Atlanta, just seeing, you know, everybody's confident at this time of year. Everybody feels like they can win. It's like the beginning of spring training, pitchers and catchers. Everybody feels good. Everybody's in a good mood. They liking this, they liking that. Nah, nah, nah. So everybody's positive. And you got to win, baby. 
or you're not going to be around long. So it was a great, great experience. But boy, that that red eye that I took. So I ended up. So everything was done. I had to wait around. My brother-in-law, he said, what are you doing for dinner? But they're going to go out and probably do a steakhouse. Their budget is big. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm here by myself. So I said, you know what? I've been at this resort long enough. I'm going to walk. I'm, I remember getting the uh, lift rides in. I'm just going to walk. And then I was like, no, what if some of these guys, that, that they see me? Like, I'm just walking, carrying my gear, carrying my suitcase, carrying my stuff. You know, at, at a five-star resort, but you know what? I like to I like to walk. Walking is underrated. So it just turned dark. Mostly everybody was going out. I saw, I saw Jason Light and I saw the Glaciers and they were heading out. Everybody is back. The valet parking, the rides that are coming in. These these big black, um, oh, uh, what do you call them? They're not like limos. They're bigger. You know, they're coming in to take them out to their big steak dinner dinners. The Pittsburgh Steelers had a like a, a party van. Uh, oh man, to the hilt! I saw Tomlin going in there, and, it, and I said, "I'll wait till they all do leave." And then once they left, it got dark. It was about eight o'clock, and then I started. I said, "Okay, it's time for me to walk," and I'll bring all my stuff with me, and then I'll go wherever I'm going to eat. Then I'll head out to the airport from there because I was taking a red eye. So I just started walking. There was no sidewalks. These mansions with gates. Leading up to the resort, and I just kept walking, walking. There was nobody walking. It was dark. There were some cars that passed me by, and I kept walking. I've done this before, where you just you don't have any, you don't know where you're going. You're not following anything on your phone. You're just walking. Let me see where I'm going to end up. I thought this was the way in for the Uber, but I guess it wasn't. And I kept walking further and further and further. I'm like. Holy shit, now it's too far to turn back. But you know what? I'm getting exercise. And it's a nice night. It's an Arizona night with no humidity. I'm not that guy with the heat. So for me, I'm going to I'm gonna enjoy every second of it. And I just kept walking. But that bag over my shoulder, it was getting heavy. And I kept walking and walking. I was like, damn, I wish I had brought some water. I'm walking and walking and walking and walking. I wanted to walk a couple miles. And then finally I saw streetlights up ahead. And I got to there, and it was a busy street, but there was no place, like, no place to eat. You know, I can just get, you know, I was like, all right, let me turn left. And then I started walking and seeing different things. And all of a sudden, boom, there's a mall right here. And I'm like, I'm not going in a mall. And then I saw, and then you got the Cheesecake Factory, and then you got a Mexican place. And then I walked a little further, and this is all on the outside. And Zinburger. I was like, that's what I looked up. Well, I get a burger. Burger. I was hankering for a burger and fries. I'm like, perfect. And I went in. I ordered to go. I don't want to just sit there and by myself. I was not going to drink beers because I don't want to be going to the bathroom on a flight. Sorry. I'm older. It's a factor. I know my limits. And so I got it to go. I sat out on a bench. The mall was closing. They were shutting out their lights. And it was a beautiful night. And I just enjoyed the ketchup and on my fries and my burger. And I just sat out there and I looked out and I said, thank you. Thank you, God, the man upstairs. I am a lucky, lucky, lucky man. And I was like, okay, I'm ready now. I'm going to get to the airport early. And boom. And I, I ordered my lift. 
Here he comes. Boom. One of the Lyft drivers on my way to the Arizona Biltmore, it might have been day two from the hotel, he was a young dude, and he was like, what are you doing? I said, oh, the NFL owners are in there. And he's like, oh, Tony Khan with AEW Wrestling. I'm like, yeah, 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 he runs AEW Wrestling. He's like, I would love to meet him. He goes, if you get to see him, tell him thank you for starting another wrestling company. Some of the stuff that WWE does, it's so canned, so canned, so scripted. Would you, you know, man, I'd love to meet him. I'd love to meet him. And I said, oh, it'd be great. You know, yeah, yeah. He and his dad, his dad owns Jacksonville Jaguars. Sure enough, at the NFL owner's party that Monday night, there was Tony Khan. He had a sweatshirt with the hood on. He's skinny. He's not that big. He was on his phone. He was sitting next to his dad, Shad Khan, Shaka Khan. And I swear, I was going later that night. I was going to go. I was going into the bathroom. And here was Tony Khan. Now, I don't know about you. I think it is not cool, not kosher, bad etiquette to start a conversation with a guy in the bathroom. I don't care how bad I want to talk to the dude, how big of a star he is. I just don't do it. So I didn't. And I waited and I wanted to tell him, number one, Chris Jericho's my guy. He lives in Tampa. I've been trying to get him on my podcast. Tell Jericho I'm asking for him. And number two, I wanted to tell him about my Lyft driver that said thank you for starting AEW and how much he loves AEW. And I, I wanted to tell him. I figured that would kind of make his day, I bet. And he came out of the bathroom and another guy was with him and he was. they were walking side by side and they really were in a conversation. And I even went like, Tony! And he, he didn't look back and I'm like, you know what? I can't interrupt. Don't interrupt. It'd be different if I knew somebody, but I didn't. And then later I never saw him. So for that Lyft driver, I was thinking about you, dude. I almost got the question in. I would have loved to have talked to Tony Khan. Boy, they got some money, the Khans. Oh, my God. My God, my God, my God. All right, I tell you what, guys. I have BSed here long enough. My thank you to Joel Glazier, owner, co-chairman of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's an honor and it's a pleasure, and it's, I'm glad. I'm kind of done with traveling for a while. Sitting in the seat. Oh, because what happened was when I walked so far and I felt my leg a little bit tight. I had been going to the gym. I couldn't, my circulation, it was bothering me. I've never had a problem with circulation on the overnight flight and I could not get comfortable. I had a window seat and it was pitch dark and I just, I was trying so bad to zone and I couldn't, I, I must have zoned a little bit. And anyway, but anyway, it all turned out fine. So, so listen, thank you very much, man, for listening each and every week. I appreciate it. If you're not subscribed yet, please hit the subscribe button. The Rock Stops here comes out every Tuesday. All right, guys? So thank you, thank you, thank you, and let's see what the world awaits this week. I hope you all have a great week. Enjoy. Enjoy.